and welcome to Lionhearted Marketing. This is a podcast for bold businesses who are ready to go from a slightly scattergun marketing approach to connecting everything they're doing to create joyful, repeatable customer journeys that build connection and consistently convert new clients. That's called a funnel, if you fancy. If you have that nagging feeling, you should have more of a grasp on your marketing, more of a plan, more of a system to support your pretty successful business, you're in the right place. This isn't about trying loads of new strategies. It's about taking what you've got and making the most of it. I'm Sophie, your host, self-confessed tea superfan, marketing strategist, and funnels, or joyful journeys, as I like to call them, demystifier. Join me every Tuesday for my lion-hearted approach to marketing to help you navigate those big moves, stay focused on your goals, and ultimately take your business to the next level. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Lionhearted Marketing Podcast. So today we are going to be talking about what to do when you've committed to growing your email list, you're getting people on there, but you're just not getting clients from it. There seems to be a bit of a belief that I hear quite a lot when I talk to clients and on Instagram and when I read other people's content that if you commit to growing your list by a certain amount each month, so maybe you you give yourself a target, that you'll suddenly then start to get a steady stream of clients. And just the act of growing your list is enough to give you those consistent clients and inquiries and income so that you don't have to run on social media as much. And to a point, that is absolutely true. You know, adding an additional marketing channel, you know, really committing to email marketing and using social media and email marketing should give you extra clients and income and revenue and more consistency. However, if you want to create a business that doesn't actually need you in it all the time and gives you the flexibility to have more time and energy freedom as well as that financial freedom, I imagine, like so many clients and me, like a year to six months ago, you might be getting clients from your email list if you've been committing to it for the last sort of three to six months. It's probably not as consistent um, and easy to predict or hands-free as you might have imagined. What I see a lot is clients investing in ads in particular, obviously, because that's what I kind of work with clients on, and growing their list. And there's a real focus on getting those, you know, low cost per lead, you know, and kind of really getting that settled. And that's absolutely the first step. So, you know, we start running ads, we test lots of different things, and then we start to say, okay, on average, we, you know, every new email address going onto your email list is going to cost you around, let's say, £2. Okay. And suddenly it's like, okay, great. I've got that to a point. We always try and get that lower. I've got my welcome sequence. I'm committed to sending regular emails. And quite quickly, the questions will then turn to, well, how quickly am I going to get discovery calls from this? You know, open rates are steady. People are clicking on the links in the emails. But, you know, getting replies to the emails, getting DMs, having calls booked is sporadic. And the conversion rate then through to clients isn't as consistent as we'd like either. In some weeks, it's working really well and you think, yes, I'm doing really well. Other weeks, you're like, well, this worked really well last month. Why is this email not provoking more people to put their hand up and in a book a call with me? It can feel really exhausting and not very rewarding. So what I typically say then is there's a bit of a wobble. Is the money I'm spending on ads really worth it? Should I just spend more time on social media? The commitment to regular emails fades a little bit. And often the content of the emails gets quite sales heavy out of the list because it's just about, like I just need people to raise their hand. I just want people to tell me they're interested. If I 
you know, do it from this angle and from this angle. And it almost becomes like an ongoing sort of launch period, trying to get these people who've come onto your list, mostly from ads, to actually convert into clients. And it can feel quite intensive. And despite everyone saying, you know, the money's in the list, you know, your highest conversions will come from people on your email list. It still feels really time intensive, really energy intensive, sending so many emails uh, to try and get someone to book a call and become a client. So from my perspective, to truly benefit from having an email list and to start getting clients on what feels like autopilot, where you're not having to invest huge amounts of time and energy to get them into your world and get them to book a call with you or get them to buy from you, you need to focus on three things. The first is maximizing the impact of every resource and piece of content you create. The second is to curate a journey that allows people to get to know you and build that know, like, and trust as quickly as possible. I'm going to talk a lot over the coming weeks and on my social media about this first 60 days when someone joins your email list, because research has shown by a few different people, actually, that those first 30 to 60 days are so key when someone joins your email list. You know, we're bombarded with um, emails. And when someone joins your email list, they are interested in what you offer. Hopefully the, you know, whatever they've joined for, whether it's a lead magnet, whether it's a downloadable or a guide, they're interested in. And you've got a real opportunity to nurture them and build that relationship. But it's got to be really intentional, okay? So it's about curating that journey. And then the third thing is to really committing to decreasing the time it takes to convert a subscriber or a follower into a client. And this is an area that is really overlooked when we talk about email marketing. So by focusing on these three things, you will be able to turn new people into clients proactively using automated marketing. I'm going to be using email marketing as an example today, but a lot of these apply to ads as well. It's going to allow you to free up your time and energy and and stop you having that feeling of just waiting for clients to raise their hand or having to spend a lot of time on calls or DMing people, writing endless ad hoc emails with people that just aren't quite ready yet, haven't been primed, don't know who you are, you know, what you offer, what your values are, whether they're ready to work with you or not. It's going to make your sales job a lot easier getting this stuff right. So what I'm going to do for the rest of this episode is talk about each of those three areas I just mentioned. And one way, an example, a practical way that you can turn email subscribers into clients more quickly and probably with less effort than you're putting in at the moment. So let's start with maximizing every resource or content that you create. So in episode five, a few episodes ago, I talked about how to create a lead magnet that attracts ideal clients. So for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to assume that you've done that. The people that are joining are ideal clients and are looking for your support. What I'm going to talk about today is how you can maximize the impact of that lead magnet with those people to make sure that they actually get the benefit from it. So often when I start working with someone, I do an audit um, of their customer journey and uh, we have a call and I ask them loads and loads of questions. And every time I will talk to me a bit about your lead magnet, how does it do? And nine times out of 10, they will say, it does well. Yeah, it's pretty good. And what they mean is they're either getting a good cost per lead. So they are, they're using ads and uh, people are signing up at a relatively low, at a cost that they're happy with. Or like when they share it on social media, they get good engagement. They might get good feedback from people who've downloaded it, saying that they've got great outcome from it. So overall, they feel happy that it's the right lead magnet. 
What I have never had someone say to me is how many people are actually downloading it. So when someone signs up to your email list, they obviously get an email which has a button that they're going to download it. What I've never had someone talk to me about is how many people are actually downloading it from that email. And why that is just so important is because, you know, you've put all this time and energy into, and thought into creating this lead magnet that is going to help someone. You know, you've set up the tech, you've really identified, you know, the small change that it's going to help them with, you know, demonstrated how you work or the value they can get from working with you. You know, it's that first step into working with you. And actually, it's all very well them signing up for it. But if they're not downloading it, then it's a total waste. And they're not actually engaging with you to start this journey off. So recently, I worked with a client on increasing their download rates of a freebie they'd been using for a while. So their setup they had when I started working with them was they had one email. It gave the link to the freebie. And they'd had over 400 people download this freebie. So their stats were reasonably reliable. And around 50% of people who received the email, downloaded the lead magnet. So that's pretty good, to be honest. You know, you've got to remember that ads is totally cold traffic. So these aren't people who already know what you're about. So some of it will go into spam and junk. And 50% is pretty, is pretty solid. So it's going to be, always going to be one of your most opened emails, that, uh, this first one delivering the freebie. And then your click-through rate should be a lot, lot higher than generally we'd expect from uh, a normal email. But the aim was to try and improve that even more. So what we did was we introduced two further emails. One sharing a snippet from the lead magnet, showing the kind of value that was in there. And then one sharing some social proof from people who had taken action on the lead magnet and got a great result. Now, uh, the way we set it up in their email system was that as soon as someone clicked on the download, they dropped out of this sequence. So they wouldn't receive all three emails if they downloaded it in the first email. So um, it's not like we're bombarding people with trying to get them to do something they've already done. So they, as soon as they download the email, they drop out of that sequence. And what we found by introducing these additional, an additional 25% of people actually downloaded the freebie. So over the three emails, 75% of people who requested the download actually downloaded it, which means that for every 100 people that join her list, an additional 25 people are now going to experience her freebie which directly links to how she works with clients. She gets a really good follow-on rate. Her next step is really easy for them to take. It brings them further into her world. And then she can build that relationship with them and nurture them. This was a pretty recent change. And I just can't wait to see how that flows through into her sales. So that's one way of maximizing the impact of the lead magnet you've created. Make sure you have at least three emails where the clear call to action is to download the lead magnet before you go into your welcome sequence. Okay, so next up, we're gonna talk about curating the journey so that people get to know you. And what I want to talk about today with this one, as a one practical tip for you, is being really intentional with the links you're sharing in your welcome sequence. So if we know that every person who joins our list will get sent the same sequence of emails in the same order, when they have clearly just indicated to us they're interested in what we offer, it really highlights just how key the sequence is. And often when we write the welcome sequence, we set it up, we get it live, we very rarely revisit it and check if what we're saying is still relevant, if we're missing something. And when I review welcome sequences for clients, sometimes I find throughout the whole welcome sequence, there is very few links at all. So we might be telling them a bit about ourselves, like an intro email. 
maybe you've got a link through to your Instagram or LinkedIn, just generally like come and say hi. But maybe on another email, it's just talking about, you know, your approach or some social proof. And actually there's no links at all. So the first thing we can do is give them an opportunity to really connect with us and speed up the time it takes for them to go from a stranger to a client. So I recently worked with a client who had a podcast and it was growing really fast. She, she was in the charts and actually was ahead of Lisa Johnson's podcast for a few weeks, which was really exciting. Yet when we reviewed her welcome sequence, which had been set up quite a while ago, it didn't mention the podcast at all. She sent weekly emails to her list about it, but she didn't give people who were new to her world and really interested in what she offered the opportunity to have that longer connection with her a lot earlier in the journey. So when we reviewed her welcome sequence, this was a big, this was a great addition to be able to add in and help people connect with her much earlier on. What we also did when we were looking through her welcome sequence was decided that she really needed an episode of the podcast, which talked much more directly about her group program, which was her main service. She had five phases in the group program and each one helped clients achieve a different result. So what we did was structured a podcast around those five different results and talked then quite directly about how her group program helped. This was such a perfect next step to have in the welcome sequence after the lead magnet. Uh, The lead magnet was like one of those five steps. So what it did was flowed really nicely of people who were interested in that first step. Then within the welcome sequence, we could talk about, you know, if you want to learn more about that first step and the other four that I do with clients, here's a podcast which will tell you all about it. So instead of just getting them on a call straight away, you know, book a call with me and we can talk about those five steps. Actually, it gives people a chance to, you know, listen to your voice, have 20 minutes, half an hour with you, find out if the five steps are really what they're looking for. And, and then if they do book a call from that, her call to action within the podcast was then to take the next step and book a call. They're much more aware of what she offers. That podcast episode recently went live. So it's very interesting to see how that impacts her flow. And if you don't have a podcast, that's absolutely fine. There are loads of other ways that you can link to useful things for um, potential clients. So blog posts are also really good because you can make them about really specific things and make them almost next steps on from your lead magnet. Low cost offers. Now, that is a whole other separate episode because, you know, having a low cost offer in your welcome sequence can be incredibly powerful, especially if you want to start paying for your ads and turning people quickly from subscribers into clients, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about next, but I think I'm going to save the uh, low cost offer for a whole separate episode. You can share client case studies that are based on your uh, website, and you can also send people through to your social media. Now, what I tend to suggest to people is you don't just say like, come on, follow me on Instagram. You have, you either use one of your videos that you've already got there, or you create a video and put it there about something that's going to add value. So it could be just an intro video about you and how you help people. It could be a value add. So you could do a video like the podcast episode that my client did about your program and how you help people. What you really want to do is encourage people to go onto your social media, so either your Facebook page or Instagram page, and watch a video. Because then when you're running ads, if you want to get into retargeting and using ads in different ways and building up audiences, an audience of people who have watched a video on your social media is a really powerful group of people to kind of track and have. So I always recommend you have a video that people can go through and watch. I generally recommend try and keep it to one link per email. There are some occasions where you'd have maybe more than one um, and give people a different format they prefer. So for example, if you have a podcast and a blog, 
that uh, talk through the similar kind of content. You could give people the option. But I would highly recommend you give them some kind of longer form content to get to know you, how you work, your values, your experience, so that when they're looking at taking the next step, they are fully informed. And finally, for today, committing to decreasing the time it takes to convert a subscriber or a follower to a client. Now, often when I talk to clients about this, they speak about it as if it's quite a passive thing. So I hear things like, oh, the average client's been on, before someone works with me, you know, they've been on my list for like nine to 12 months and generally people take a long time to buy or maybe it's my audience or maybe it's my product they offer. And my challenge always is, okay, what have you done so far to reduce that? So rather than just accepting like, oh, people on my list tend to take six to 12 months to convert into clients, how can we say, okay, without me doing anything to speed that up, people take six to nine months to convert to a client. How can I reduce that to three to six months or uh, four to six months? And that might be quite challenging to hear because you might be thinking, isn't you know being consistent on social media, regular emails, hand raiser content, you know, great welcome sequence, a podcast, workshops, isn't that enough? If I'm putting all of that out there and people are consuming it, surely it's up to them like when they're ready to buy from me, like I don't want to push people into buying too soon. There is so much to talk about within that. And absolutely, you're doing all the things. But the idea of a curated journey and, you know, really knowing your numbers and seeing where people are in different stages of your journey, the idea then is not just to know that, but to take action on it. And one practical way that you can take action on it is segmenting. Now, when I started with a client a few months ago, I asked her how many people were on her list that were in her like warm audience, if you like. So, you know, engaging with her emails, clicking on links, watching her evergreen masterclass, downloading her freebies, you know, that sort of stuff. And she didn't know, which was absolutely fine. That's really, really common. So I had a look for her. And in the last three months, you know, those people who had taken action, who were indicating they were interested, she had 75 people on her email list who were in this warm audience. Now, they're not all going to become clients and it's not like they're all there ready and waiting if she just does something. However, naturally, a proportion of those will probably become clients. And the first thing I do with clients when I start working with them actually isn't to look at the lead magnet and flow it through. It's to look at, okay, who's in your warm audience right now and how can we start converting them? And then we'll work our way back along the customer journey. Because really the key is if there are people in your audience right now who are on the fence and interested in buying, if there's a way that you can help them make that decision quicker, give them the information they need, why would you not do that? So by by segmenting out those people, so those 75 people, and focusing on a differentiated strategy for them, she can position her messaging differently, she can do slightly different calls to action, and she can help speed up the process of them becoming a client. So what we discussed was setting up a sales sequence for a course she's launching um, in about a month's time. So she could automate that then going forward. Recording a short video with value content that her VA could then send to those people, either via email or on social media as a bit of like a bonus content. She's considering doing an invite-only masterclass and just inviting those people. She could also record a video ask with information on her program and then it has a button at the end that they can click if they want more information. All of those things are offering them information, opportunities to connect with her, a way of them coming further into her world. And the difference straight away is that she can take positive action. 
directed at people who are already interested and are likely to be receptive to it and position it as an exclusive opportunity rather than going out as rather than just going out to our whole list and hoping the right people see it and take action. And there are lots and lots of different things that you could do within this. You can send people voice notes, you can record videos, you can set up automated sequences, you can offer extra value or even discounts if you want to. There is so much you can do once you know who these people are. So I hope these three things have given you some practical inspiration uh, for making sure your email marketing can start working a little bit harder for you and converting new people into clients. If this sounds like something that you know would support your business growth in a really aligned way, giving you more energy and time freedom, as well as growing your business and getting more clients, I do have limited spaces for one-to-one clients where I will work through all of this with you over a period of three months. We do a full audit, a strategy, and then I can either coach you and help you implement all of these things in a really supportive way, or I can actually just do it all for you. There is a link in the show notes to apply for a call. And also, if you are interested in using ads and email marketing to create sales in your business every day with a low-cost offer that leads people to your high-ticket service, I and a brilliant messaging mentor that I work with are working on a beta group course, which is going to be really, really epic. If you're interested, I will also pop the waitlist link in the show notes for that as well. There'll be a lot more details coming out about that soon. Um, And I am going to do a whole episode on low cost offers and using ads and email to make that work for you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you found this useful and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes every Tuesday when they're released. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to rate or leave a review wherever you're listening to it. It only takes a few seconds, but it really does make a massive difference to new people finding me. Thank you again for joining me, Sophie, in this episode of Lionhearted Marketing. See you next time.